Welcome to the True Crime Cafe. I'm Angie. I'm Becky. And you won't believe the case I have for you today. So what you got for me today? Okay, so today's case is called A Shot in the Dark. And the reason I picked it is because a new school year is right around the corner. And I know we have a lot of listeners who are teens and young adults. And I think it's important to have cases that affect them, like their age groups, Mm -hmm. and not just people our age or older. Did you date a lot in high school? Um, I have not ever really, like, dated a lot. Like, I've always been a relationship person, not just like a month here or there, but like a longer term relationship. Aside from the person I was the senior prom with, I really did not date a lot. I was boy crazy, but when it came down to it, I was more into book boyfriends. Like, mm, you know, so not a bad Gilbert, thing. Yeah. Gilbert, <laughs> Gilbert Blythe from Anna Green Gables, you know, mm-hmm. was my very first one. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> But today's case is about Emma Walker, and she was a cheerleader for the Central High Bobcats. Her friends described her as sassy and said that she put her own sparkle on everything she did. On the outside, she was a super pretty cheerleader, but people who knew her called her sweet, kind, down to earth. She was not superficial at all. Like you think this cheerleader stereotype, like what we see in like Mean Girls, mm-hmm. but she wasn't anything like that. Okay, she was an honor roll student. She had plans to be a neonatal nurse and she volunteered at an animal shelter. Oh, wow. And like a lot of cheerleaders, she was dating a football player. This football player's name, Riley. He was two years older than she was. Okay. When Emma met Riley, he was dating someone else and he dumped the other person to date Emma. Now, mm. I can kind of relate to this. <laughs> when I met my husband... He and I were both dating other people. Mm-hmm. And from the moment we met, like, he will not admit to this, but I'm like, we knew. That's why we dumped other people to be together. Mm-hmm. I've unlike, heard him admit it yeah, once. Once. <laughs> <laughs> Under duress. But unlike my sweet husband, Riley did not break things off because he was not just a football player. He was a player. Okay. Players are the worst. The guy I was dating when I met my husband was a player. Mm-hmm. And now that I have kids who are adults, I do not want them to be a player. Mm-hmm. I do not want them dating a player. I don't want them being on any side of that equation. Mm-hmm. Riley was controlling. Okay. In interviews, Emma's friends and family said that things like he would tell her what to wear, who to hang around with. He would spend time at her job while she was working just for hours and lingering outside her job. According to an article on the Cinemaholic website, he would send her hateful messages when he got mad at her. Okay. He would say things like, I'll see your name in the obituary. <gasps> Yeah. Uh, uh. Emma's parents did not want her to date Riley, but Emma was stubborn. Duh. Yeah. She eventually broke up with Riley when he went off to college because she saw pictures of Riley online where he was with other females. Mm. At this time, Emma, like I said, she's a junior in high school. Riley's a college freshman. Emma's parents grounded her around Halloween and I couldn't find out what for. Like I didn't, Mm -hmm. if it said it anywhere, I just really didn't register. I'm sorry. Can I interrupt one? Yeah, go ahead. What year was this? 2016. Okay, thank you. Emma broke up with Riley while she was grounded. Okay. Within a short time, her relationship with her parents improved. Okay. A couple weeks later, around November 18th, Emma was at a friend's house and she started getting texts from an unknown number. And the texts were like, you need to do what I tell you or someone close to you is going to get hurt. One of the last texts said that Riley was outside. Emma and her friends went outside to find Riley in a ditch. He said he had been kidnapped and left there by his kidnappers. 
Now, for some reason, these kids never called the police. And this is a common theme. Like, they never call the police. Like, my first thing is, like, dial 911. Mm -hmm. Riley had a friend who did not really believe that he was kidnapped, but everybody else believed it. So they were like, okay, well, you know, maybe he was kidnapped. Okay, can I just say, I'm not believing that Riley was kidnapped. (laughs) Riley's not a good person. I'm just putting it out there. The next day, someone in black clothes was walking up and down Emma Street and pounding on her front door. She texted Riley with the message, I hate you, but I need you right now. She told Riley what was going on and he arrived there to make sure that everything was safe. Again, she did not call 911. I get it. When you're in high school, you think you're invincible, or at least we did when Mm -hmm. we were in high school. But the world is a lot different now than when we were in school. When I was in high school, I was dumb as a stump when it came to common sense. Mm -hmm. During an interview, Emma's friend said that despite everything, she saw Riley as a protector and that's why she called him for help. Which, you know, I get it. When I was a junior in high school, I might have done the same thing. Now, I would just dial 911. Mm -hmm. Just set the security cameras to record a clip and have it ready. During an interview on the ID channel, Emma's mother, Jill, said that she suspected that Riley was behind both of these incidents. A few days later, Emma and her dad went out for ice cream. It was just a perfect, normal father-daughter activity. When they got home, they had a normal evening with the rest of the family. The family went to bed like normal. Everything was just back to normal. Everybody was happy. During the night, Emma's dad heard a noise outside. So he gets up, he checks the kids. They're all asleep in their beds. So he went back to bed too. This is like four. 30 in the morning from what one article said. And honestly, if I heard a noise at 4.30 in the morning, I'm going to peek in my kids' bedroom doors. They're asleep. That's it. See, if I hear a noise at 4.30 in the morning, I'm just going to assume it's my husband getting up for work. Yeah. And I wouldn't think twice about it. Right. The next morning when Emma's mom tried to wake up for school, Emma did not wake up. So by some instinct, she checked for a pulse. And when there was none, she called 911. Emma's younger brother, Evan, ran into the room when he heard his mom's emotional reaction. Jill later said that she wished Evan would never have had to experience seeing his sister like this. Right. Emma's friend said it didn't seem real. Riley, who was away at college, grieved on social media, even posting their quote unquote Bible verse. So like some couples have songs, mm-hmm. they had a Bible verse. So that's kind of sweet. You know, that I is kind of sweet. So, do you guys have a song? Honestly, we don't. Really? Yeah, really. So mine and Jimmy's is Smoke It's In Your Eyes and it's a breakup song. Mm-hmm. You know, it's served us well for almost 30 years now. So yeah, we're keeping it. Yeah. Plus Gus he was a firefighter. I, so Gus and yeah. I, we met at work. Yeah. I was going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. So we started as friends and it just kind of progressed. When we got married, it was each of our second marriage. Yeah. Literally, we planned it from South Carolina, where we live. Mm-hmm. And we went to Virginia. Mm-hmm. And literally, we got married in yeah. a car. And it's just my dad, my stepmom, my three kids, my younger brother. And Becky, mm-hmm. your friend, is the one that yeah. married us. And then, like, we went out to eat at, like, a barbecue place afterwards, I think. Yeah. Like, my dad took us all out to eat. So, it wasn't... It was a beautiful ceremony, I remember, because I got to help edit the pictures. And 
the um it was just so like so us yes completely laid back it was like a simple elegance just everything just flowed it was just perfect yeah so like we've never had a reception we've never like we didn't have a song it's just who we are yeah my dad used to joke that his and my mom's song was hey you get off my cloud Mm. and so he would say listen it's our song and she's like it's not But back to this case, rumors by now were circulating around town that Emma had either committed suicide or accidentally overdosed on something. Nobody knew what had happened. Her death was a total mystery to everyone who knew her. And investigators only had the most minimal details from the first responders. In an interview with Dateline, detectives said when they arrived, they saw the 16-year-old female with a minimal amount of blood on her pillow. But on closer inspection, they saw what everybody else had missed. There was a bullet hole in the wall. Someone had shot the outside of the house. The bullet went through the wall and struck Emma in the side of the head. Detectives found at least one more bullet hole on the outside of the home and spent rounds and one live round in the yard outside the home. Emma's father was distraught that he was awake when it happened just a few hours before Emma was found and he had no idea what was going on outside his family's home. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, I can't even imagine. That would just destroy me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, detectives call Riley in for questioning because you're going to call the significant other in first, whether it's a boyfriend or a spouse or whatever. Or the ex. Yeah. The whatever ex. the case may be. Yeah. Riley told them about his quote unquote kidnapping and all the people that were probably the man in black that Emma saw, like who he suspected it could have been. Mm-hmm. He also told detectives about the night before Emma died when she told him she loved him, but she didn't want anything to do with him in regards to romantic relationship. So Riley's big defense is, she told me she didn't want me, so of course it couldn't be me. Um, That would, in my opinion, cast more suspicion on him. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I agree. And I saw an episode about this first, and then I just started reading everything I could find about it, and I watched at least one other episode. When Emma's friends started to look back on the relationship and compared notes, they said Riley was controlling. When Emma went out without Riley, he would blow up her phone. Even Mm -hmm. Emma's parents said that Riley tried to drive a wedge between Emma and her family so she would spend more time with him than with them. Mm -hmm. No matter what rules Emma's parents set, Riley would find a way around them so that he could see Emma. Like if they said you're grounded and you can't hang out with Riley, but she had a game she was cheering at, he would go to the football game so he could see her at the game. Okay. Any way that he could circumvent the rules. And when it came to social media posts... Emma's friends looked at them as a way of Riley trying to convince people of his innocence. They said it just did not seem like grief. It seemed more like a defense. Mm -hmm. And they weren't alone. Detectives did not believe that kidnapping story for one minute. And even more, one of Emma's friends said the man in black looked like Riley from his build and the way he walked. Detectives also pointed out that Riley referred to Emma as the girl. Riley said on the night of Emma's murder, he was sitting in his car crying until 4 a.m. The day before Emma was killed, Riley's grandfather reported a gun missing. It was the same caliber of gun that had killed Emma, but Riley said he had no knowledge of it. Gee, imagine that. Right? Convenient. I'm sorry. I am (laughs) anti-Riley. I think we all are anti-Riley. I'm just saying. I'm anti-Riley. No sympathy at all for Riley. No. Despite all of the circumstantial evidence and conspiracy theories, detectives had to let Riley go. They did not have enough to hold him, much less make an arrest. Of course. Nobody was happy with this. 
Of course. Including the detectives. They were very frustrated. As soon as Riley was released, not like immediately, but soon after, he reached out to his friends, Alex and Noah, for comfort. He said he was afraid because he did have his grandfather's gun and he was afraid it would be bad for him if detectives knew because he had lied about it. And he told them, I'm just going to go throw it in the river. Alex and Noah went to the police. I was going to say, please tell me at this point, somebody called 911. Yep. Oh, the detectives wired Alex and Noah and gave them a video recording device disguised as a key fob. And the plan was for Alex and Noah to offer to assist Riley with his plan to throw the gun in the river and to alert detectives as soon as they saw the gun. Okay. Riley went over to Noah's house. Police were nearby the whole time. While he was there, Riley said he had never in his life would kill someone he loved as much as he loved Emma. He said he needed to get rid of the gun because he wasn't willing to do 70 years in jail for something he didn't do. So the guys go to Riley's stepfather's house to get the gun, which that's where Riley had stashed it. And the detectives lost the car because the boys made a detour. Oh, my God. You want to guess where they went? Please don't tell me they went to, like, her grave or something. No. Oh, no, no. This is such a young adult male thing. They went to the arcade. (laughs) The bar. It's almost that good. Okay. They went for chili cheese fries at the cookout. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Ooh, chili like, cheese fries sound good. I mean, on Father's Day, I took Jimmy to Sonic so I could get chili cheese tops. Nice. <laughs> yeah. like, Here, honey, don't you want to go to Sonic? And he's like, not really. I'm like, yay, chili cheese tops for Father's Day. But... <laughs> If you, yeah, Alex said they took the detour because it was like they were saying goodbye to their friend. They knew Riley was going away. And having young adult sons, I could totally see this happen. Yeah. I mean, I could see how it happens, but. Yeah. And if you guys don't have a cookout near you, you need to get the one. It's good food and it's really cheap. It's not the best food. It's not like a five star fast food. I like their hush puppies. Yeah. It's worth a two and a half star fast food establishment. (laughs) But yeah. It's really good. From there, they left the cookout. They went to the place where they planned to toss the gun into the river. The boys texted the police, but the police did not show. To solve for time, Alex took the gun from Riley and was all, whoa, is this a real gun? And Riley takes the gun back. And that's when the police arrive. They order everybody out of the car. They arrest Riley and take him to jail. Alex and Noah were safe. But that is not the end of the story. Because of course it's not. <laughs> of course it's not. A year and a half later, Riley is finally in court where he has pled not guilty to premeditated murder. One of the things that came out during the trial was that Riley's phone records showed him at Emma's house that night. Okay. Riley agreed that he was there, but he said he assumed that if he shot at the house, he would not kill anyone. He just wanted to scare Emma so that she would need comforting and that he could be her knight in shining armor and she would love him again. Mm. Yeah, Kind of like Angel of Mercy, like we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. In a different way. The defense said that Riley was guilty of reckless homicide, which carried a much lighter sense. Mm-hmm. They said he was not guilty of murder. He shouldn't be charged with killing her because he did not intend to do it. It also came out in court that Riley's kidnapping was fake. The defense played it up that Riley was just a desperate young man wanting to earn back Emma's love. All I'm saying is who did not see that coming? Right. 
The defense said if Riley couldn't have Emma, nobody could. The prosecution showed that Riley was only about five feet from the house when he shot towards Emma's bedroom. Alex and Noah testified against their friend, and the prosecution showed the video from that undercover sting that led to Riley's arrest. The detectives featured on the ID channel's episode about this case called Death of a Cheerleader said that Alex and Noah are the real heroes. And I agree. Mm-hmm. That was a brave thing they did. Mm-hmm. I just wish that, I don't know. There could have been, I mean, it just seems like with this story, there were so many opportunities to bring in authorities before it got to the point where she was killed, whether it was accidentally or not. I have a hard time buying that it was an accident. You shot a gun into a house that you knew people were in. So, yep toward the specific bedroom. And I find it hard to believe that if they were dating and they were that serious, that he did not know where her bed was in the bedroom. Like it's against the wall. It's whatever. Mm -hmm. Because even if they were not physically active, even if there was no sex between them, you know, she had a purity ring on at some point, let me show you my bedroom. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just showing you through the doorway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In an article in the Knox News, an online publication serving Knoxville, Tennessee, reported that a Knox County jury found Riley guilty in May of 2018. Okay. First degree murder, stalking, reckless endangerment, theft, tampering with evidence, and possession of a firearm during the commission of a dangerous felony in Emma's death. Okay. So his sentence allowed the possibility of parole after 51 years, and he would be 71 if that happened. Emma's parents said it was a relief. The same Cinemaholic article that I referenced earlier said that during his sentencing, Riley said this to Emma's parents. I'm sorry I took Emma away from you. That I robbed you of the experience of watching your daughter grow up. What I can do is tell you the truth about that night. I wanted to scare her. I never meant to take Emma's life again. I'm sorry. I'm going to go with it's entirely possible that he did not mean to kill her. It sounds to me like he was trying to create situations where she would come back to him or she would seek him out. However, again, he shot a loaded gun into a house. An occupied house. Like, there are other ways he could have gone about scaring her. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Part of me agrees that's what happened. Because the fake kidnapping, the man in black, and then Mm -hmm. shooting at the house. But I think the result would have been the same if he had not killed her now. Because things were escalating. Mm -hmm. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. He went from pretending to be kidnapped to... Shooting a loaded gun. Yeah. Within a short distance of people's houses. Mm-hmm. There is a scholarship in Emma's name at Central High. There's a dog park dedicated to her due to her love of animals and the hospital dedicated the NICU unit to her. And there's even an Emma Walker Day in her town to help memorialize her, okay. which is very nice. I agree. Yes. Detectives and Emma's parents agree that what they want people to get out of Emma's story is the awareness of a healthy relationship and how to safely get out of an unhealthy one. Mm -hmm. I agree because according to a 2019 survey conducted by the CDC, one in 12 teens will experience some kind of dating violence. And it's not just females, it's males, it's transgender Mm -hmm. youth. It could happen to anybody. The signs are not easy to recognize because they include depression, anxiety, substance 
substance abuse line, shoplifting, thoughts of suicide, which sadly are pretty common amongst teens for a whole range of other reasons. Mm-hmm. The important thing to recognize is when these behaviors coincide with a new relationship, relationship changes, or the ending of a relationship, because teens who are victims of dating violence are more likely to fall into a pattern of destructive relationships that could last throughout their entire lives. Mm-hmm. Sadly, I think the world has changed so much over the last couple of years that dating violence is more prevalent. And social media does not help at all. Mm, Not at all. Like you said, it's not just girls that are victims. Anybody can be a victim of dating violence. Yeah. Intimate partner violence. Yeah, I'm still stuck on him. Oh, I'm sorry. I robbed y'all of this. I didn't mean to kill her. And I truly think he did not mean to kill her. However, as you said, he was escalating. So it would have probably happened at some point. Because here's the thing. When you're dating somebody and they are controlling, they demean you talk down to you, call you names, all of that. And you finally decide that you're that you're done with the relationship. It has to be full stop. It can't be, oh, something's happening. When somebody decides that they no longer are willing to put up with that type of behavior in a relationship. It has to be that clean break. It's got to be all or nothing. You can't run to that person for any reason because all you're doing is you're giving them that little opening. Mm-hmm. Yep. You give them an inch and it's all over. Mm-hmm. That is not the end of the story. What? <laughs> no, right? I've been waiting. I'm like just waiting to spring that on you. I feel like an evil genius. You are. According to an article on the website for ABC affiliate WATE out of Tennessee, Riley has requested an acquittal and barring that a new trial based on what he says is insufficient evidence. This just happened in May of last year. What? Um, yeah. Insufficient evidence. So the article states that in the motion, Riley asked for an acquittal or in the alternative, a new trial. Among the reasons the motion lists insufficient evidence to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. And in addition, his motion, followed by his defense attorney, also states that the court erred in denying his objection to coverage, law, and crime. The court erred in denying his motion to sequester the jury. The court erred in permitting Bobby Jones to testify as a forensic expert. The court erred in permitting Jones' recreation and exhibits introduced at trial. The court erred in permitting the introduction of the scene photograph of Emma Walker's head. The court trial erred in overruling Riley's objection to the state's introduction through detective merit of evidence regarding call of duty and wall banging. The judge denied the motion on the basis that there was not enough disputable evidence to order a new trial. He also denied the motion for an acquittal and the lawyers plan to file an appeal. I don't know why he would have. Well, I know why they're trying him for murder. He would have objected to them introducing the photo of Emma's head. Mm -hmm. As someone who's been on the other side of that, 
equation mm-hmm. and has sat through a trial for a family member who was brutally murdered, I know firsthand how important those photos are, even though they're really hard for the family to sit there and look at and hear mm-hmm. the medical examiner testify and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without seeing the whole trial, I really can't comment. It sounds to me like in that motion for appeal, mm-hmm. it sounds to me like they're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall to see where we'll stick. Yep, exactly. I, I don't know. So everything was denied and he's back in jail where he Everything was denied. The judge denied everything. And the, the lawyers plan to file an appeal. But right now, like, I haven't found anything else. That's the most up-to-date information I've found. Okay. So, if you're in an abusive relationship, please see the description of this podcast episode for the domestic violence hotline information. Or if you know someone who is. Yes. If you see it, speak up. You know, you can't pick and choose who your friends date and what kind of relationship they choose to be in. However, you can make other people aware of things that you know. Everybody stay safe out there. Stay caffeinated. And join us next time for another cup of crime.